Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. How do you master your habits? We talk a lot about this idea that first you create your habits and then your habits create you. And that's the subject of this special episode. I believe that the treasure you seek in your life, in your learning, it's hidden in your daily routine. But how do you create a brand new habit? How do you stop a habit that holds you back. And so for this episode, we have three experts that are going to share some of their best tools and techniques and tips on how to master your habits. Now, we know that it's not what you do once in a while that changes your life or your learning. It's the things that you do consistently because little by little, a little becomes a lot. And that's the power of habits. So our first guest is going to be Dr. B.J. Fogg. Now, many of you know him. He's an authority on habits. He runs the behavioral psychology labs at Stanford University. So without further ado, let's get started and change your habits, change your life with Dr. B.J. Fogg. So I like to think of instead of breaking habits, it's untangling the like habit. That. And usually those habits aren't just a single thing. Let's say somebody says, oh, I want to break the habit of snacking. Okay. So it's really untangling. It's not just one behavior. It's maybe uh, somebody snacks in the morning, they have a snack at lunch, they get up in the night and snack. Those are all different behaviors. And I think a helpful way, now I've not studied this scientifically, but I think it is a helpful way to think about it is here is this thing that I call snacking, but it's actually a tangle of behaviors, mm -hmm. and I need to untangle it. And, and this is the difference between break sets the wrong expectation, and I think untangle sets a much better one, is I start at the most easily addressed knot, and I untangle that. Okay. Like maybe breaking the snack, the specific snack in the morning is the easiest one to stop. And then you do the next one and the next one, and you don't work on the hardest one first. Just like if you're untangling a big rope or extension cord, you don't try to go to the very middle and get it. You start with the outside and work in. Well, I have good news and bad news around that. Um, the bad news is that there are some behaviors, some habits that are truly hard to stop, and mm -hmm. there's reasons for that. The good news is there's a systematic way that you can design for to reduce or stop a behavior. And it comes back to the fog behavior model, where behavior happens when motivation, ability, and trigger come together at the same time. So with that model, you can systematically um, figure out, um, first of all, what is triggering the behavior? What's reminding or prompting me to the behavior? Mm -hmm. And if you can remove the trigger, you've solved the problem. If that doesn't work, and sometimes you can't remove the trigger, um, you know, you're, you're being triggered by... Um, 
let's say somebody else who says, hey, you know, let's, let's go to the ice cream parlor, or just somehow you just, you know, in the morning, as soon as you get up, your phone, when you look at your phone and then seeing the phone is the trigger to launch Facebook. Mm-hmm. So you can't just throw away your phone, right? So if, if you can't remove the trigger, then you look at the ability issue. So, you know, BMAT, motivation, ability, trigger. And you think, how do I make this harder to do? Mm. So, uh, for example, if you're on social media a lot, uh, and you don't want to do that, maybe you uh, bury the the app somewhere on the phone so it's actually harder to get to. Maybe you just remove the app entirely from mm-hmm. your mobile phone, right? So you make it harder to do or impossible. In my own life, um, one of the, the things that I've worked on and successfully is how much popcorn I eat. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to say that's not, you know, and a super healthy popcorn, but still, I was eating a lot of popcorn, a lot. <laughs> And so what did I do? Well, I threw away the popcorn popper. I took all the popcorn out of the house. Mm -hmm. I just made it hard to to cook any popcorn. And so by making it harder to do or impossible, then guess what? You don't do the behavior. So, you know, first, can you uh, stop the trigger? If If not, can you make it harder to do? Ability. Ability. And if not, can you somehow demotivate the behavior? So how does that work? Well, it's harder than the other two. And that's why I say it's systematic. So you leave that for the end. And in that case, then you're in the world of how do I demotivate myself to eat popcorn, for example. I mean, and for most of the behaviors that people are thinking of, there's something very compelling about the behavior. There's a gratification for eating popcorn or other behaviors that that are already there. I don't know of a fast and awesome technique mm-hmm. for demotivating something that right. is wired into you from childhood and so on. So that's why I'm a huge fan of tr- making it harder to do the or seeing if you can remove the trigger, right? So you work there. Now, if you get to that point and you can't find a way to demotivate yourself for that behavior, then what the other way to look at it is, is what other behavior can I do that also scratches the itch. It's a swapping strategy. Rather than ice cream, uh, we started eating yogurt, plain yogurt. And I actually like plain yogurt, Uh, but uh, we would put apples in it and some cinnamon. So instead of the ice cream behavior, so notice now we're not working on triggers, ability, or motivation. Now we're swapping what's a different behavior that's a reasonable alternative for the Mm -hmm. ice cream. So plain yogurt with apples and some cinnamon, cinnamon in it scratches the itch, serves the purpose, satisfies, and you move on. So you then look for a behavior that's a reasonable alternative. Now, one of the most important aspects of applying habits and routines is towards your physical and mental health, your vibrancy. And we have a very special guest, Tara Mackey. Tara Mackey is the best-selling author of Cured by Nature, where she was able to reduce and eliminate 14 different health concerns that she had by changing her habits. Her newest book is actually called Wild Habits. So here's Tara Mackey. Let's talk about wild habits and this method. What created the resilience for you? Because I believe that through our struggles, you gain a lot of strength. Where would people start as they're going through their journey and they have their difficult times, which is different for all of us? 
So that is why the wild method exists and why I really came up with the method and have used it with so many friends and clients, everyone that I've used it with, it's worked for regardless of what their situation is. And the method is in the word wild. It's wild is an acronym and it stands for the W stands for willingness. So the way that I got through things was I needed to have the willingness to, you know, the first step in AA is accept the things you cannot change. I needed to have the willingness to accept the fact that something needed to change, but that's not the only step. Just seeing what needs to change isn't going to change it. You also, the I stands for intuition. You need to have the intuition to know what that next step is so that you can then take it and see where it leads you. You know, maybe it's not the right step, but if you don't take it, you're never going to see that. And then you need to have the love, the L stands for love, to actually do that step day in and day out and see how it works for you to form a new habit. And then the D stands for discipline. You need to have the discipline to do that over and over and over again. Discipline was a huge part of it, but so is intuition. So is love. So are these kind of things that people think are woo-woo, but if you don't use them in your day-to-day life as a business person or as a mother or as a father or as an employee or whatever you're doing with your life, like nothing is going to change. Can you give me an example of one of the stories of how you took somebody through this this wild process? Absolutely. Yeah. So I love just actually this really, really simple example of one of my friends who changed her whole life by literally not getting coffee in the morning. She recognized that standing online for coffee and you know getting that caffeine buzz was not only kind of a huge time waster, but it was ruining her skin and her body wasn't reacting the same way it used to to caffeine anymore. And she just wanted to change one little habit and see what happened. So she had the willingness to accept that she didn't want to stand in line for coffee and waste 15 minutes of her life every morning before work because she was taking on a lot of anxiety and other people's energy. Then she needed to have the intuition and know like, okay, what's my next step? So she gave me a call and I was like, well, why don't you replace it with valerian tea or something that actually calms you in the morning? So she started replacing it with valerian. Then she needed to have the self-love to do that every day. So she started meal prepping as well and doing these teas that would last about a week or a week and a half. So she already had them prepped in the fridge. Then she had the discipline to just do it over and over again. I love this one because literally based on that change, her route changed. And then based on her route changing, her entire life changed. She ended up meeting her future husband on a train that she never would have taken had she been waiting in line for coffee in the morning and they're having a baby. So I think it's just, it's incredible that like literally changing one little thing can change and improve the rest of your life. One of the most important ways of mastering your habit is really understanding the triggers the triggers or the prompts or the reminders when we talk about memory training that actually initiate the the behavior. And so I want to introduce you to, to our final guest expert here. His name is James Clear. And James is the best-selling author of a brand new book called Atomic Habits. And we're going to talk about the impact of technology has on our habits. Here we go. For somebody who's listening right now, how much do people spend a day is is habitual? Yeah, it depends on what study you look at, but roughly speaking, it's between 40 to 50% of your behaviors on any given day or habits. So, you know, tying your shoes, brushing your teeth, unplug the toaster after each use. And it's just unconscious? Yeah, you're just on autopilot. Now, 
I actually think the true influence of habits are even greater than that. And the reason I say that is many times an automatic routine or an automatic habit will prompt the next chunk of time. Like it'll kind of decide what you're doing, you know? So think about the habit of pulling your phone out of your pocket. You do that without even thinking about it, but then the next 20 minutes you're answering email or playing a video game or browsing social media. And really that chunk of time, how you spend those 20 minutes was kind of determined by the habit of pulling your phone out of your pocket. Right. So in a way, habits are kind of like an entrance ramp to a highway. You know, it's like as soon as you start moving in that direction, right. all of a sudden you turn around 15 minutes later and you're speeding down that way. So I think technically it's 40 to 50%, but probably the true influence could be, I don't know, 70, 80, maybe even 90% is influenced by your habits. One of the videos that we did, it has literally millions and millions of views, was this habit people have of picking up their phone first thing in the morning. Mm. Is that something that you do? Oh yeah, so I've started to implement all kinds of little strategies to avoid this, right? Because you wake up, you turn your alarm off, pretty much everybody's using their phone as their alarm. Then all of a sudden you check Instagram, you're like, I haven't even gotten out of bed yet, right? Should I be looking at Instagram already? And so obviously you could just buy a $6 alarm clock on Amazon and use that instead and charge your phone in another room. But sometimes even that doesn't work. So I've started to implement a couple different phone strategies and this isn't related to sleeping, but I keep my phone in another room until lunch each day. And so I get at least like three to four hours where I can focus work in the morning, which helps a lot. And the funny thing about that is if I have my phone next to me, if it's on like the desk or something in my office, I'll check it every three minutes just because it's there, right? I'm like everybody else. But if it's not there, if I keep it in another room, I have a home office, so it's like 45 seconds away, up the stairs or whatever, I'll never go up and get it. And so my question is like, did I want it or not? Like in a sense, I wanted enough to check it a hundred times throughout the morning, but I never wanted it bad enough to go 45 seconds up the stairs to get it. And I think there are a lot of habits that are like that. Technology makes certain behaviors so frictionless, so convenient, that we find ourselves sliding into things without really wanting to. And that's why environment design can be so useful. Just a small shift, like keeping your phone in another room, can help a bad habit fade away and you don't really need to do a whole lot else. And those devices, they bring on experts, you know, like yourself that really understand this. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole team at Google and Facebook and wherever, yeah, getting you to, trying to shape you to use the device as much as possible. It's interesting with technology, because we talk with our audience, like when you pick up your phone first thing in the morning, you're training your brain to, number one, be distracted. You know, for every like, comment, shared, cat video or whatever. It doesn't really set up a winning day. But the other thing is it's training you to be reactive, where you're just responding to text messages and voicemails and emails and everything. And one bad message can put you in a kind of a bad mood for the rest of the day. Mm. But if technology, like anything, it's a tool that you could use. If it's using you, then who becomes a tool, you know, in that equation? Well, there's a brilliant way to put technology to work for you, right? Like you yeah. can do that with pretty much any habit. I mean, take the habit of like getting better sleep each night. In a sense, we often think about technology as software or something like that, but the couch that I'm sitting on right now is a piece of technology that allows me to sit, right? So there are a bunch of one-time choices or pieces of technology you can employ to help you get better sleep each night. Like you could test different types of mattresses and then buy the one that leads to the best night's sleep for you. You could purchase blackout curtains so that your room is dark enough for you to sleep. Buy a sleep mask so that you can sleep on the road or you know one of those chili pads or the temperature controlled pad that you can put on your bed so that you, you know, sleep at the optimal temperature. Heavy blankets or sounds machine, white noises. and One of my favorite examples, my friend Nir Eyal, he wrote a book about habits as well called Hooked. Anyway, he bought an outlet timer off of Amazon and it's just a device, costs like $10. You plug it into your outlet, kind of like an adapter and then you plug the device into the timer. But you can set the timer to turn off at a particular time. So he plugged his internet router into the outlet timer and then set it to kill the power at 10 p.m. each night. 
So it's 10 p.m., can't watch Netflix, can't browse the internet anymore, it's time to go to bed. And imagine the cumulative impact of having the outlet timer and a slightly better mattress and blackout curtains and maybe earplugs if it's noisy or like all of these little pieces of technology that suddenly are working for you. They're tools that help you build a better sleep habit. And there you have it. Thank you so much for joining me. For more, go to show notes and then you'll find there links to our full episodes at jimquick.com forward slash notes. That's jimquick, K-W-I-K.com forward slash notes. And here's your quick challenge. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag your favorite experts in it and share your big aha. Mine is at Jim Quick. And as always, I'm going to repost some of our favorites. So I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Until then, keep learning. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, one more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour. 
uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.